The Spin-Off Podcast Network. At Zed, we're all about moving with the times. And now it's time to be part of the climate change solution and move on from fossil fuels. As a company providing fuel to people all over the country, we also know we have a real opportunity to lead that change. We're committed to keeping Aotearoa moving by providing the right energy for everyone. We believe that innovation in fuel and how it's used can make a huge difference to our planet. Find out more at z.co.nz. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Kia ora, good morning and welcome to the Offspin podcast brought to you by Coffee Supreme as always. It's a very foggy morning in Auckland and this cup that I've got in front of me is going down very nicely. Now in solidarity with the fog in Auckland, it's been raining all over England and a whole lot of cricket has been cancelled. We haven't seen uh, this many games cancelled at any World Cup ever, I don't think. And so this, this episode of The Offspin is basically going to be a case of those times where you're playing cricket and it rains and you can't leave, but you have to sit around and talk about cricket for, you know, a couple of hours with your teammates. So, Listening to News Talk ZB early in the morning, waiting yeah, for the, yeah. you know, Martin Wilson field. Oh, shit, it's still on. <laughs> yeah, so um, we've got a, we've got a very special guest in today, but I'll throw over to my co-host Simon Day to introduce him. So today we're joined by my former opening batting partner, um, fellow cricket fanatic, and if I'm honest, Sunil is the the cricket fan I wish I was. Uh, he. He he acts on his dreams. He turns my dreams into his reality. Um, I always feel very jealous when I see uh, photos of Sunil at um, the big games that I'd I'd wish I'd been at. And we've just managed to pin him down in time before he goes uh, to the World Cup for four weeks, um, which just makes me so jealous. I was, me- I was you know I was meant to I was meant to buy a van and drive all over these small English towns and and immerse myself in um, this country that gifted us cricket but instead I'm sitting in Auckland recording a podcast that not many people are listening to and you're going to you're going to be there watching the games live. So Sunil Nathu, welcome to uh, welcome to the Offspin. Morning, morning gents. Great to be here. Thanks for that intro, Sai. Should we just talk briefly about where you're actually going and, and, and what you're going to be able to see while you're there? Yeah, so um, heading off tonight um, and landing Saturday morning and heading straight to the Oval. Um, it's basically, he throws straight to the Oval Australia, so uh, Sri Lanka. So, you know, it's going to be pretty interesting. I don't really think Sri Lanka have a chance in that one. Um, and I'm also hoping Australia bat first because... I want him to rack up a huge score so I can actually watch some cricket. Mm, Otherwise, okay. um, by the time I get to the Oval, it could be all done and dusted. 
How like how difficult was it to? I mean, I know Australia, Sri Lanka might not be the hottest ticket in town, as it were. But how how difficult was it to get tickets and and sort of get accommodation around England at the moment and all of the you know more boring logistical stuff around actually getting to go and live your dream? Taking a train around England isn't boring, Alex. It's, it's again my dream, and Sunil's doing it. <laughs> um, it was so the system's a ballot system a bit like um, the Rugby World Cup was down here. So you just got to apply for the games you want. Mm. Um, essentially, so I just went to whole suite. I was like, cool, I'm putting it all out there, um, applied for each game, and then basically it's it's just luck of the draw. And so what I've ended up with, I had a few games at the start um, as well at the World Cup and sort of had to make the call, am I going to go for the sort of front half, first four weeks, or the back half? And mm. I sort of... Thought about, I was like, shit, I can't get on that plane knowing that there's a semi-final and a final to be played yeah. and I'm not in London. So um decided, sweet, I'll go for the back four weeks, which, you know, with the rain too has probably been a good decision. Um, and essentially what I'm going to most of the Kiwi and uh, Pakistan games and the semi-final, yeah. So it's just, yeah, it was just luck with a draw really and um, – Lucky. So you're going to see New Zealand Australia at the at Lords. That's right. I, th- I think it's oh. such a clever scheduling decision to to have that game uh, in London with such such a big um, Why, New Zealand and Australia is there a Dave Dobbin concert on the same weekend or something, <laughs> or six sixty or something. Yeah. <laughs> Shapeshifter, I think, would Shapesh- be Shapeshifter are, are playing uh, the halftime show. Um, <laughs> But it, it'll be it'll be such a great uh, atmosphere at, at that ground for that game. And I think what's interesting about the ballot system for this World Cup is it's um, there's such small grounds. You are actually um, fighting to get tickets. I think when we went to a lot of the games uh, in Australia and New Zealand, there was always a little bit of space. A lot, you know, there were good crowds, but there's a much these are much bigger stadiums, especially in Australia. Um, so, Sunil, you're going to see the New Zealand and Pakistan games, but you're actually named after um, an Indian cricketer, and you are Indian. Um, Sunil Gavaskar is the uh, origins of Sunil's um, first name. Uh, his father, Prince, um, good friend of mine, haven't seen him for a while, but a brilliant, brilliant choice to name you after Sunil, especially because you seem to bat in a very um, similar fashion. I was... Reading about Sunil Gavaskar's famous um, go slow innings in the 1975 World Cup, where he scored 36 off 175 balls and described it as um, the worst innings of his career, but it's sort of, you know, very similar to the way you bet. <laughs> How did you go from being named after Sunil Gavaskar to becoming a Black Caps and Pakistan supporter? Um, and what sort of, you know, what is the process of making that decision for an Indian New Zealander? Good question, Sai. Well, let's retake it all back. So why Sunil Gavaskar? So essentially, um, India were playing Australia at MCG. My mother's water broke and Sunil Gavaskar was walking out to bat. Wow. Without a lie. Um, and so dad was like, well, look, you know, you've clearly ruined the cricket game that I was going to watch. So, for even time, you're going to be named Sunil as a as a as a memory. Um, and yeah, so it sort of went from there. And then that's very funny. 
She, she wasn't at the MCG, was she? No, no, she's at home. <laughs> um, but that's yeah, that, that is the origin, I guess, of, of the name. And um, yeah, I guess screw up, you know, is that a lot of pressure on someone? Maybe, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, grew up um, obviously playing cricket with you, Si. Grew up, you know, playing for Parnell. Um, great times there. And then, yeah, I don't know, like, Dad, Dad was always pushing me to like to be a batsman because he was a bowler and he was like, nah, don't do bowling, mate. Like, it's just your body gets wrecked and no one appreciates you. So he sort of kept kept pushing me down the batting line. Um, I was like, all right, okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I guess if we, if we fast forward, um, obviously I've always been a, a supreme Black Caps fan, um, but obviously have Indian heritage and origin. But what's happened, I guess, over recent times, made it a past five to ten years, is this, I don't know, this sort of fire to support Pakistan. And, and it's because there's a few things. One is I've got a lot of mates who support India, and, you know, they are, like, in some ways the bullies of world cricket, oh, India. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and that just leaves sometimes a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Um, and with Pakistan, they're just a bit like the warriors of cricket. They're so mercurial. One, it, it really comes down to who is getting off that bus on the day, and it, it makes it so frustrating to support them. But, you know, they've just got so much heart, so much passion, um, and, and they actually have a lot of talent in the team, and that's what's, I think, the most exciting bit about supporting them. Um, you know, the likes of Amir and co. Um, Watching what, Amir bowl, um, Pakistani swing bowling is just... It's delicious to watch, and but it's so bittersweet, you know, especially with Amir. When when you think about what might have been had he have not gone to prison and and spent five years out of the game or something, you know, you see him bowling and you think this guy's amazing. But could he have been the best in the world? Probably, absolutely. And you know, you got to think about the, he was eighteen, right? And um, you know, with the guys with the backgrounds they come from, they're so susceptible to this to older senior players, you know, just putting the cash on the table and, and just convincing them. So it was a shame, but, you know. The things I would have done aged 18 for a whole stack of money as well, like I <laughs> I, I understand. My mum my told me one day that she was worried that I was on a fast track to prison. Um, luckily it didn't pan out that way, but I, I've, I really feel sorry for such a talented player coming up in a place where it's so um, susceptible to that type of corruption and um, I, I feel I feel sorry for him here and I, I, I'm glad to see that you can um, make a mistake like that, pay the consequences and come back and bowl incredible and swinging Yorkers at a World Cup. Just um, getting back to your, the origins of your name as well, what, what has been the relationship subsequently that your dad has had on your your cricketing career which I'm sure has been illustrious uh, in some shape or form but I mean uh, if he's someone who cares that much about cricket that he would name his son after a cricketer has that impacted on how you've actually been able to enjoy or not enjoy cricket as it were? Yeah it's a good question so one thing most people will know about Prince and so I will notice is that his attendance at games the games I've played is is unreal. So I've been playing. I sort of you know, played sort of all the way till uh, early thirties, 
um, and still play at the moment. Um, and honestly, you could count on one hand the amount of games he's missed in my life. Even now. Even now. And it's unreal. So he's what's what's amazing in a way, he's almost seen a whole generation of kids grow up um, from five to, to 30 and watched all their, like, cricket careers in inverted commas, so to speak. <laughs> Very important, inverted commas. Yeah. And um, so, look, in some, in, it's been amazing um, in some ways. And, and he's been like a father figure, not obviously for just for me, but just for a lot of guys um, around the traps. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's been it – was, it's always been interesting. Like, you know, every, every game um, – He'd have to sing. Um, he doesn't like to sit down when I bat, and he walks around and he's like looking at the ground and all this kind of stuff. And so, in some ways, like it's always been this pressure, I guess, from from dad. But um, it's always it's always come from a great place. And I guess yeah, in the early ages, so he um, he coached some of us. So uh, we someone I was talking about earlier about he coached one of the teams we we played in. Deep, deeply passionate coach. Yeah. And um, loves his technique. He would always go on about tech. Technique is is huge in is in, in his books, and that's why maybe Sai, um, I was adopting some of uh, technique in my early years, um, rather than going for the bash. Um, but yeah, and and then that's, I guess as I got older, um, he was like, I guess rather than a coach, more just just a spectator. But um, was just he's just always been there at all the games and and um which has been pretty amazing considering um the amount of hours that that, that means that presence of parents at cricket always makes me laugh we um we still have Kathy and Andrew McAlpine senior show up to our um Last Man Stands game, and Andrew Jr.'s parents will see them arrive at the far side of the field and they'll park up and they'll watch Andrew bat and then they'll leave again. And they're, they're, they're not there for the team, they're just there for Andrew. But um, yep. having your dad coach uh, your team is such a oh, double-edged sword. I, I had many years of being um, the son of the coach and it always meant I wasn't allowed or wasn't able to win the player of the year because of the politics. Um, Which I'm sure you would have. I, no, I, 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 was, I was by far the best player on the team. Um, it led to a lot of conflict with my dad when I wasn't able to bathe in those accolades. And I remember one day when he was both coach and umpire and I was bowling and he was widening me and I threw a little bit of a tantrum and... and went in from a run-up to just standing at the crease, just bowling like a, like a windmill. And he banished me to the car and locked me in the car from um, the edge of the field and made me watch the rest of the game from inside this uh, sauna. And so that I think that was the last year he ever coached me and then we refused, my brother and I refused to let him be our coach and he ended up coaching a, a team of young girls, which is quite weird. His friends gave him a lot of shit about it. Well, no, I mean, uh, at the same time, though, you uh, the the women's game needs more more people volunteering and getting involved in it. So, it, not uh, my dad, though. It maybe not someone quite so intense as that, but um, um. So, my my dad coached the team that I played in as a kid, and he was scrupulously fair, like extremely so. 
to the point where one one time I'd opened the batting and I was batting quite slowly, uh, Gavaskar-like, you could almost say. And by the 20-over mark of a 40-over game, I was 47 not out. So I thought I was doing very, very well. But as I came off the field, he came out and said, "Uh, sorry, you've been batting too long. Going to have to retire you. And it took the intervention of all of the other parents uh, to to actually get me to stick around and get the 50. Uh, and then um, so off. I really wanted him to actually retire you. Oh, no, I think he should have. In hindsight, I think that would have been a good lesson to, you know, hurry up. Because I made a very um, revealing confession to a friend last night that I've never actually scored a 50. Um, so I was hoping you had never scored a 50 either, mm. but it sounds like you've well, that, that right. That's the only one I was 12 years old, so... Okay, so should we get back to uh, the actual cricket going on? Uh, and and the rain has been wonderful because it's allowed us to all reminisce fondly, uh, like we're sitting on the sidelines at the Auckland Domain under a tree while it's pouring or something like that. But I want to... Do you I think w- the rain was good for New Zealand? Sunil brought this up before. I stayed up till 2am hoping to watch cricket because I want to watch cricket and I want to watch good cricket. But I also want New Zealand to make the semi-finals. Do you think... Ultimately, that one point is a good point. I think if we got, if we have to be honest, taking the one point is probably a good outcome for us with the current Indian team and how they're playing. I got to disagree. To be honest, I think even if New Zealand had have lost uh, any opportunity that the New Zealand players get. Uh, to play in front of an Indian audience and potentially secure some IPL riches down the track. It's one that they've just got to take. And if, a- if you can't beat India, you can't win the World Cup. And I guess, you know, losing another semi final is, is not what we're here for. That's true. I guess, and that's a good long term view, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking out for their that's welfare and, and their money as well. Speaking of money, uh, Steve Smith has been making money again. Um, can I can I just read you this post that he chucked up on his Instagram? It's it's an incredibly incredibly good piece of money making. I want you to imagine that a complete robot has posted this. He said, "Attempting to get out and about in Bristol, but not having much luck with the weather. But at least I can share this experience with family, friends, and fans back home with Vodafone five dollar roaming." As the commercial editorial director of uh, the spinoff, would that fly on the, on the spinoff? That's that's Baz Boncon. That is, um, I, I'd be pretty pissed off if I was Vodafone as well. Put put some heart into it, Steve. You well, know, Vodafone probably wrote it. That that reminds me of his his like batting technique. That is the sp- sponsored content equivalent of the way he bats. It is ugly and robotic and ultimate pro- ultimately probably quite effective. Uh, <laughs> and he probably got paid a lot of money. Yeah, right? and he would have got paid well, a lot it, of money. It went it. viral as well. But, uh, you know, people were sort of quote-tweeting it and saying, oh, you know, this is very subtle stuff here. But uh, it, it it is one of those things, isn't it, where uh, even if the cricket isn't going on, for a lot of these cricketers, the World Cup is a fantastic money-making opportunity. That's right. Got to get paid. Right. Stack the paper. I understand, but... You got to try harder than that. He's like the Kawhi Leonard of um, cricket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, we and might. It, it made me hate the Australians. Seeing that made me hate the Australians even more than I already do. Watching David Warner uh, score that century with the a neck over the slips, and then that celebration—like what? 
Yeah. It just completely lacks awareness and perspective. You Surely that time off that he's had would have been a great opportunity to... To you just know, work on himself. Or read a book about humility or something. But um, no, the big Toyota jump came back out and... Uh, yeah, it's that. this whole thing around proving a point with the Australians, right? David, you know, scores a century. He's like, yes, I've proved, you know, mm. that I should be here, and I'm, you know, I'm back. Whereas, you know, maybe let's take a leaf out of Kane Williamson's book and just go, okay, I'm just going to raise the bat slowly. Well, I wonder if him running out his captain Aaron Finch was an example of proving that he should be captain of the team instead, or something. <laughs> I mean, I. I that's been discussed a lot in on social media post uh, that run out when you saw Aaron Smith very angry. And I'm not a lip reader, but it it Aaron looked Finch. like he called him a fucking selfish cunt. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if David Warner wasn't the most popular person in that camp because, you know, who who do you think is the worst person? This is a question for the two of you: David Warner or Donald Trump? Oh. oh. <laughs> Um, David Warner seems to actually like his family, so I think that's, that's a that's a good point in his column. Okay, his, his, he's, a, he's as bad an author as Donald Trump. We'll go with that. Yep. Yep. Who do you hate more, David Warner or the guy playing the electric Grey Nichols guitar? Oh, David Warner. Yeah, no that. doubt. The, the guy playing the Grey Nichols guitar, he's living his dream. Oh, you know? it's the, the it's a stupid dream, but he's he's living it. I think the one of the remaining broken pieces of one-day cricket. I think I love one-day cricket. It's in such a good place, 50-over cricket. But the between-overs entertainment is is not in a good place. Yeah, it's it's interesting because they're like, well, we need to bring in elements of 2020. But the question is, like, do you really have to? Because mm. one-day cricket is more for the purists. You know, you do like the meandering nature of a one-day where you can build in innings or in his ebbs and flows, do you need that sort of craziness that a T20 brings in, in well, between overs? Yeah, and, and with the, the T20 stuff bringing that in, uh, I think you've got to ask the question, does anyone actually like that? You know, does anyone actually like Danny Morrison going and doing funny faces on the boundary line and stuff, is it? Yes, or wearing a turban and a, a full oh. beard and a moustache. Oh. Or, or, yeah, or a painting shocker. on a tamoko and doing a really, really weird haka. Yeah, yeah. I think being in a spa pool. Yeah, I think we need to find Danny Morrison and uh, get him on the podcast. But I, I think fifty over cricket, you can let the cricket do the talking, and um, we saw that in the Pakistan Australia game where it, it just who was winning was impossible to tell. It changed so many times throughout the match, and I kept trying to go to bed, and then Pakistan would take two wickets and two overs and. It was it was captivating sport, and I was really disappointed to not see Pakistan win. But it was a it was a great game of cricket and quite a weird one. And that's that's what I love about the fifty over game. Yeah, it's a bit like that twenty fifteen game, right? The quarterfinal. Mm. You had Wahab Riaz bowling that spell to Shane Watson. It's it's just Pakistan, right? They just get so close to the line, but then sort of fail sometimes to yeah. snatch it through. I didn't realize that they'd never beaten India at the World Cup. So yeah. Really exciting opportunity this this time. They might have taken a T20 World Cup final off them. They took Champions Trophy trophy. two years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's not the end of the world for them, but I don't see them getting up this time around. You never know, though. You never know. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It is about what team walks off that bus. Mm. Because, yeah, on their day, they'll just take anyone down. Um, the other thing to talk about in relation to the rain is that this was kind of, before the tournament, people were talking about this as potentially the first climate change World Cup, as it were. Uh, very, very hot summers in England recently. Very, very hard-baked wickets. Uh, but they've had what would traditionally be uh, considered, you know, a traditional English summer. And and I suppose it kind of, I, I kind of do want to bring it up in the sense of what what sort of impact is, is climate change going to have on the way people play cricket, do you think? India and Australia will just win everything. There'll be flat, burnt roads in Australia, just pitches that are hard and flat, and Steve Smith will go on to score more runs than anyone else in the history of the game. And India will become a dust bowl, and nobody other than Indians will be to bat there. And in England and New Zealand, it'll just get rained off the whole time. So yeah, climate change is uh, not good for cricket. I'm going to... Um, <laughs> Some would say the BCCI might be in cahoots with, <laughs> with climate change. <laughs> climate change. <laughs> Just like yeah. all the other things in cahoots with. But it, it remind, last night reminded me of um, of my wedding when the forecast was really, really bad and I'd, I'd look at the Met service, then I'd, I'd look at Niwa and then I'd look at like a abstract Norwegian, very high-tech looking uh, weather website that says it was going to be sunny. I was like, yeah, yeah, great. It's, good. it's looking good. Five websites say it's going to rain and one says it's going to be okay and that's what I was doing uh, last night. But unfortunately, climatechange.com.dk, uh, great Danish uh, weather website, <laughs> was, was wrong uh, this time around. Indeed, indeed. Well, I mean, I, I, I suppose uh, it's one of those things that's probably going to make uh, cricket more playable in some situations, but perhaps at the wider cost of food security and stuff like that, which is also possibly important for... Because, I mean, you, you need good food security at a cricket game, don't you? You know, you need some some good supplies on the boundary line uh, to keep you going throughout... Um, I always make a bacon and egg pie uh, the morning of big cricket games and in an in a Indian vegetarian potato pie for my um, for my more woke friends and it's, you know a bit of a tradition to eat that at the ground. So food security at cricket is important. Well, uh, I mean, you might be out of luck making the bacon and egg pie as well, given the uh, severe swine fever uh, currently hitting the Chinese pork market. Buy, you know. buy, buy local. Freedom Farms, second sponsor shout out. <laughs> um, we should probably wrap it up there. But uh, I want to say thank you so much to Sunil Nathu for coming in. Uh, please accept my incredibly strong envy and jealousy at where you get to go next. Um, Simon's shaking his head. No, I'm, I'm proud of Sunil. Um, it, it, it means a lot to me to see him carry my dreams across the, uh, across the ocean to to the motherland, to the home of cricket, to to hopefully see a very wonderful tournament full of sunshine and black caps runs and glory. You should chime in, Sunil. Yes. <laughs> I was waiting for that. We haven't turned your mic off or anything. We're not that angry about it. No, it's uh, it's uh, been a pleasure to be here, guys. And, yes, looking forward to the games ahead. Um, hoping the Kiwis, well, you know, with what's gone on, 
one one more major win and they've probably got the road to the semi but it's mm. about you know that conversion in the semi um so he's hoping yeah and just like to uh let amy mercer uh know that she won the white ferns prize pack donated to us by Susie bates i will uh, get in touch to find out your address and send that out and i just wanted to take this opportunity to apologize to my dad uh, for the way I treated him when he was my coach, but I still uh, sincere, Simon. Sincere. I still resent the fact that I didn't get to um, win those trophies. And finally, a big shout out to Coffee Supreme. I I stayed up all night last night trying to will the weather to come right, and it didn't. So the big cup of Joe sitting in front of me right now is going to be the big saviour for the day ahead at work. It has been so good. Uh, I mean, it's always good. It's always a good cup of coffee, but today it has been incredibly necessary. Uh, so thank you so much, Coffee Supreme. Thank you, Sunil, for coming in. Thank you to all of you for listening, and we'll have another episode of The Offspin after the Black Caps' next game next week, which is against South Africa. We're going to be joined by South African native and writer James Borodale. And it's going to be a fantastic episode after South Africa have choked yet again. I was um, composing a tweet during this West Indies-South Africa game saying how good it was to see Hashim Amla hitting drives through the covers. And he got out halfway through my tweet, so I had to delete it. Typical, typical. Anyway, catch you next time. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Kia ora e te iwi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.